Well, I think uh, Amy's in the uh, in the hallway there, but uh, man, her uh, slowing down of build your kingdom here was that was awesome for me uh, as I was listening to those words that I we've sung several times, uh, but just a fresh way to look at those uh, those those words and something that was um, uh, stood out to me was this idea that in the song we're kind of calling on God to build his kingdom here um, as, a, as a kind of a calling out like, God, you, you need to build your kingdom here. But the song kind of answers itself a little bit by saying that in order for God to build his kingdom here, something has to happen within us. And so it's this kind of this dichotomy of calling God to do his thing, but then also calling us to do our thing. And so this, uh, this uh, let me find the, the verse. Um, gosh, now I lost it. That's great. Um, the verse that says, we seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for you're our joy and prize. To see the captive hearts released, to the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace, we lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church, and we pray revive this earth. And to revive this earth requires God to do something in and through us. And so uh, it's in that spirit of, of building God's kingdom here um, that this morning um, we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, I'm not really going to preach. Is that okay? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Bob's like, yes. Woo. Thanks for the confidence booster there, Pastor Bob. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm actually going to have a little bit of a, a conversation. Um, today is also uh, Orphan Sunday. And so we, um, uh, churches around the, the country, the world, really are kind of taking this uh, opportunity to focus on a very prevalent theme in the story of God and the work of God. And that's caring for the orphans. Um, and so that's something that we take very seriously. Um, you know, we, we, um, we are called to take care of the most vulnerable. And with orphans being one of those vulnerable um, population groups. And so this morning for, uh, for our kind of Orphan Sunday, where I'm going to have a conversation uh, here on, on stage and so I've got a, uh, a special guest uh, who is going to uh, come up and join us. And so Pam, would you and your crew, would you guys go ahead and uh, come on up here? Um, so last year for Orphan Sunday, this is, this is kind of funny. Um, if you remember, there was a little bit of a panel discussion amongst uh, foster parents. And so my wife and I, and then Dan and Holly Eichhorn were up here, and we just kind of had a conversation about God's call uh, on our lives to be foster parents. And uh, what's funny is the night before we got up here to do that is when Chelsea and I received a foster care placement in our two kids. So it was a year ago today uh, that we got those two kids, and, uh, and they're still with us. And so um, just rem I remember that date because it was like we were going to do our foster care panel but we didn't actually have any foster kids at that point. And so God was like, I'll show you. And so we got a call on Saturday and said, hey, we got these two kids. And so, um, yeah, awesome. You guys um, just come have a seat here. That will be fantastic. So, uh, so this year, what I wanted to do, um, do things just a little bit different. So last year we, uh, we got to do, um, you know, we can get a, yeah, we can do a smaller chair. That would be good? Okay, all right. 
<laughs> that lazy boy up here, that would be great, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, so this morning we wanted to do things a little bit differently. So last year I kind of went from the, the, uh, the perspective of, of foster parents. And so uh, this year I wanted to have a conversation with someone who's been on the other side of this. And so Pam uh, has had the experience of uh, living in foster homes. And so we thought, what a great opportunity for us to hear how God is at work uh, through ministries that take care of orphans than to talk to someone who has experienced that side of this. And so we're just going to have a little bit of a conversation here. Um, I will say uh, this is, this is uh, Pam being extremely vulnerable. Um, as you will hear kind of her story, uh, there are things that uh, they're not easy. And so for Pam to be up here uh, sharing that is, uh, is huge. And, and I want to say thank you, Pam, for this. And I know that she's also nervous. So if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to pray. Uh, and would you join me in praying as well as we begin this conversation? Uh, Jesus, we thank you for uh, this opportunity that we have. Thank you for the call that you have placed on uh, followers of Christ to care for Orphans, And we don't take that call and that mandate lightly. And so as we have this conversation this morning, uh, our ultimate prayer is that you would be glorified. Uh, that as Pam is sharing her story, that you would be honored and glorified and this would be an act of worship uh, for our church. Uh, beyond that, would you maybe prod our hearts to what you would have us to do because of this conversation? And so right now we uh, pray for Pam, uh, that you would calm her nerves uh, as she is sharing her story um, so that you may be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I guess you need a microphone, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you do have to. You have to. All right, are we good? Okay, so first let's start, maybe just introduce yourself and then introduce your, your crew up here that you have. That would be, that would be great. Pam Mariner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pam Mariner and this is <laughs> this is my last foster mom I had. Well, my mom. Yeah. Uh, she's been my mom for over forty-three years. So I guess I just never left her house or anything. <laughs> so and my husband Jim. Super. Super. So Pam just wanted some, uh, some support of those who, uh, who love her. And I know she got some other family members. Her boys are out there. And so uh, thank you guys for being here as well. Um, so Pam, let's start off. How, if you wouldn't mind, just giving us a little bit of a glimpse of kind of your, your life, your early childhood, uh, growing up, kind of your background there. Um, we were very poor, uh, moved around a lot. Um, we lived in this one apartment that had um, uh, roaches and um, mice and rats and bats. <laughs> I mean, that was the worst place when we were younger. Um, no food except for like eggs, uh, uh, no medical care. Um, I slept on a couch with some blankets, I mean, not blankets, um, coats. And um, when I would go to school, um, I had like a thin jacket. This was thicker than that. And, um, and even in the snow. And uh, so um, one time, one of the elementary schools uh, got me a pair of boots. 
and uh, on, on top of everything else, we was always dirty. Um, there was uh, hardly any bathing, the uh, greasy hair, and clothes were dirty, and shoes were too big, uh, hardly any socks, you know, or anything to, no medical care at all. And one day I was walking to school, and uh, uh, my hands got real cold. It was in a really bad winter, and uh, there was these college kids um, going to their dorm. They were walking to their class, and um, they saw me crying, and my hands were freezing. And so they took time out um, to take me to their dorm and gave me some hot chocolate and warmed me up and then gave me a pair of gloves and then sent me on to school. Mm. So, and uh, I'm the middle child of five. I had an older brother and sister and two younger brothers. Uh, my younger brothers were special needs. And um, so, so he's, one of them didn't even walk till he was three because he had medical problems, which we was never taken to. The, mm. And we moved around a lot at different towns around Delaware and um, it was bad, you know. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. And so, and then you had two older siblings. Yes. As well, right. So they, yeah. yeah. Okay. A bro- older brother, an older sister, and then my two younger brothers. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Good. Um, tell us just a, a little bit about your family dynamics of um, needing help, but maybe not yeah. necessarily being okay. Well, with we help. were. Um, my dad hated welfare, even though we needed it. Um, but my mom's side of the family, they lived on welfare, so he resented that. So instead of, I mean, he worked, my father did. He believed in working, but he didn't believe in getting assistance or anything because he hated that some people were just living off from it. And so. so then uh, tell us, then, how did you end up uh, from there, where you're with your your, your birth parents, uh, to kind of the journey that landed you in in foster care. Okay, I, my older sister lived in um, Ostrander at the time, and uh, and by the end of this, we lived in Newark. It's, okay, wait a minute. Should I back up? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to back up. Today. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. I'm sorry. No I'm worries. all over the place. <laughs> Trying not to read the. <laughs> but. Um, my dad um, had cancer and um, lung cancer, and uh, uh, we was living in uh, a town at the time. And but we started going to Nazarene church, and uh, and he would go to church with us, and uh, he would take the bus with it, the school bus because he couldn't drive anymore. And he got saved before he died, and then, um, so that's, I know where he's at to this day, you know. Yeah, good, good. So then from your dad passing away, I believe you were 12, is that? Yeah, I was 12. When your dad passed away. So then kind of what happened from that point um, that landed you in in foster care? Well, we moved around after my dad died again, and... and, um, so we ended up in Newark, and so we was, uh, my brothers went to my sister's house for vacation, 
And so when they came back, I got to go with her and um, spend some time with her. And so when um, they came to get us, uh, my sister, not my sister, my brother and my mom, two brothers came. My sister had a cookout and there was a guy there. Um, and my mom happened to know this guy from years ago. And they um, decided to be a couple and so we end up moving him with him um, from Newark to Marysville. And then um, they decided they didn't want kids anymore. So then I ended up in foster care. Uh, I was going in and out of courts. This was September about, okay, August was the um, cookout. And then September, by the middle of September, I was in foster home. And... Uh, and then, so um, you, you ended up in, in a foster placement, uh, and then tell us about the experiences in the courtroom that you... Oh, yeah, they um, would yank me in and out of court. I, they'd pull me out of school, and then I um, heard my mom say that she didn't want us anymore, and, and I walked over to her. I go, well, why don't you want Kelly and Kenny and I anymore? And, um, and she says, I'm too old for kids. So that's when she, she gave me up first, then she gave them up. So then um, that's when my years of going into different foster homes came about. How, do you remember how many different foster homes you were in? I was in a few. a few. Yeah. Okay, a few different ones. Um, so, so just thinking about um, your time in foster care, uh, the truth is, is that you've overcome some significant odds. Um, yeah. you know, I've seen uh, kind of the effects of care and, and being in the system and um, knowing that you sitting here where you're at today uh, is, truthfully, is nothing short of miraculous. Um, and it's nothing short of, of God being at work in your right. life. And, so you've certainly overcome significant odds to be where you are today. Um, maybe just give us an idea of the role that your foster homes, your foster parents played in that. And then maybe also the role that the church has played in, um, in helping you overcome those significant odds that you faced. They've all been amazing. They taught me um, about health, you know, and about cleanliness, hygiene. Um, my first meal at my very first foster home, I got to hit this, yeah, absolutely. this is a good was story. chicken and mashed potatoes and corn, you know, and I looked at them thinking, well, foster care is going to be all right. <laughs> There's food, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but and, something that simple yeah. that we wouldn't even think about when yeah. you walked into your first placement was a meal. Uh, and it was... Yeah. You know, everybody was patient with me that I lived with because um, when I very first went into foster care, they didn't know how long I was going to be there, and neither did I, and neither did children's services for that matter, until my mom actually gave us up and we were up for adoption. And um, it affected me, but it didn't affect, I mean, it didn't affect me like it did my other siblings when my mom gave us up. Because um, it, it was 
God putting his hand on me and guiding me with the people I was supposed to be with. And, and I went to church in every foster home I was in, you know, because um, they all went to church. And each home I took a piece of what they taught me with, you know, even to this day, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and I, I was in several, but then I ended up with Martha, <laughs> you know, she's... Um, I had a lot of boxes when I moved in with her. <laughs> so, but, um, but I still, even to this day, the ones that are still surviving, I still have a relationship yeah. with them. Yeah. And now, how old were you when you moved in with Martha? Do you remember? 16. 16? Okay. 16. Already potty trained and all that. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You had it, had, so, it, had it easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Martha, I, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. How long did you do foster care? Um, I think about eight years. Eight years? Mm-hmm. Any idea on how many kids were in your home through those eight years? I probably had around 22, 22. altogether over that period. Yeah. 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 And you did you regularly take in teenagers? Or was this a... Um, well, when we moved to Marysville in 70... We had three sons and a daughter, and I said, you know, I really, Kay needs a sister. Mm-hmm. And so we went out to children's services and applied for a girl to mm-hmm. take care of yeah. and to be a sister. Sure. So that's how it all, you know, that's how God yeah. led us. Yeah, right. And it's amazing, his amazing grace is, mm. is sitting right here. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um, what any so in your foster homes um, you say that you you regularly went to church with your different foster maybe kind of speak to that a little bit about how uh, just maybe even small things of your time in the church maybe played a role or impacted um, who you are today and your kind of overcoming those obstacles yes because I knew God had his hand on me. Um, one foster home I was in, the pastor was over at their house, and we were sitting at their um, kitchen table. I was there a lot. <laughs> Food. <laughs> you know? but, um, Amen. Amen. No. But I got saved sitting at that table, and then I got baptized in Darby Creek. Yeah. So, um, so it's like it worked together, sure. you know, the church and the foster families, you know, you had to have that yeah, togetherness, for sure. and it taught me a lot. Um, even though I went to a few homes, you know, um, you, you got to keep going and trust God, you know, that, and because um, I, I said that um, you don't know how long you're going to be in the homes, yeah. and some of them moved away, so I had to move to a different home, right. and right. so. Yeah. No, I, I remember, I recall just in our, in our conversation, you kind of, you made two goals when you decided, or when you were put into, into foster care, you kind of had two goals yeah. that you wanted to, tell us about those goals. Uh, and, to and, graduate and keep myself uh, pure for my husband, yeah. and I did both of those, yeah, awesome. <laughs> you know, awesome. because yeah. when you're a teenager and being thrown into something that you didn't ask for, mm. you know, I mean... Even though it turned out to be the best thing for me, mm. uh, you know, I could have went down any road, 
you know, but I knew God had his hand on me. Yeah. And so yeah. you just got to keep trusting God and going strong. Yeah. And, and the foster homes, thank God that they were all Christian. And, mm. and God put me in all those right. homes that were Christian. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah, that's a, kind of a common theme that you, uh, you, you said over and over is that from the start, you knew that God's hand was on you. And yes. I think that's a, to be able to recognize that when you're in the midst of something as traumatic as being removed from your yeah. home uh, is, is nothing short of God's grace, right? Um, absolutely. Good. So um, your, your story, you, so you, you, uh, you emancipate from foster care. You meet this handsome-looking gentleman over here. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Lawson's. <laughs> Because <laughs> Martha ran Lawson's, and I worked there with yeah. her. And so yeah. <laughs> he came in Lawson's. And like a true Hallmark story, yeah. right? Bought a TV. <laughs> <laughs> Bought a TV. Was it at Christmas? Because <laughs> that would be even, a, even Almost. better. <laughs> December, see? It was it's December, made for a Hallmark movie. December 30, he came in to Lawson's. That's great. That's great. That's um, he came in and bought a TV dinner and got a wife. <laughs> 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 Not a bad deal there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. I said, you know, I, Pam is like a Hallmark card. You know, God sent only the very best. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, while we're talking about this handsome fellow down here, yeah. maybe just uh, talk just a little bit about how um, you know your your past kind of shaped. Uh, your relationship with Jim and, you know, Jim coming alongside you uh, to continue your, your journey. Just anything you want to share uh, about that? Um, it was rough at first, yeah. you know. Um, we only knew each other three months before mm -hmm. we got married. Yeah. And then coming from foster homes and then we only knew each other three months, you know, like I said. So yeah. getting married and getting to know each other and just... Mm -hmm. But God had his hand in that, too, yeah. you know, right. in everything. Yes. You put trust in God, and, hmm. and he takes care of things. Yeah. And yeah. you want to yeah. add anything to that? Yeah. I, I came down here from Akron, Ohio, and, uh, in 1975, and uh, I met Pam. And I was just so impressed. I mean, she told me a little bit about her past, and I thought... You know, unless somebody dug into her, you know, really quizzed her about it, she would never bring it up, and she always had this positive outlook about everything. And I was just floored, really. And so we ended up getting married. And then, you know, then I, I knew her brothers and, and her family and stuff. But this family was very fractured. And, I mean, there's a lot of ugly things, you know, we could talk about, which I'm not. <laughs> But uh, I do believe God sent me down for a purpose. And uh, she's been a wonderful wife. And, and it even goes beyond that. I mean, her two younger brothers really struggled with this. And they were special needs. And especially her youngest brother really, is, uh, really struggled with it. And uh, through the years, I mean, I've had hours and hours and hours of conversations with these guys. And uh, we would always have cookouts and have... Pam and I did everything we could to keep this family together. 
And uh, I really believe, you know, when I came down and uh, kind of got into this, that, that that was my purpose Good. in my marriage. But uh, even, uh, she's lost one brother. Her next youngest brother passed away a couple years ago. But uh, her youngest brother's still alive, and he lives down in Columbus here. And uh, he's got a lot of issues, but he knows he can call. He knows he can call. And uh, we have him up for, for our holidays and, and uh, just whatever we can do for him. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there was purpose there. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Good. Uh, so, so we kind of fast forward the story a little bit. And uh, would you give us, an, give us some insight, share about how... Uh, you reconciled with your, your birth mom oh, and, yeah. and kind of in the importance of that reconciliation. Well, God had his hand on that too, of course. Um, we went to another church for a lot of years and they were doing a, a Bible school and got this couple, a pastor and his wife, they hired them because she was a ventriloquist and had puppets and stuff. But that whole week she kept staring at me, you know, and on the last day of the Bible school, um, we just got talking, and and, uh, and one thing led to another, and my mom happened to be going to their church, and I look like my mom a lot. And um, so to come to find out, my mom was dying of cancer. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, we want to see her, and um, we my five, I mean, uh, the five of us were alive, and we asked my siblings um, if they wanted to go with Jim and I to, to go see her. You know, she's dying here, you know, and um, none of them wanted to go. So um, I told Jim, I said, well, I want to go. And so we went, and of course, she's laying in bed and, and um, not doing good at all. And her and I talked, and she said she was sorry and um, for what she did, and I told her I apologized, you know. And I said it was the best thing, even though it was bad at the time, it ended up being the best thing you ever done for me. Because I thought, well, when I stand before God, you know, um, accountability. Yeah. And um, I didn't want any, um, you know, that eating away at yeah, me on my... And then my other siblings, they regretted it. And um, even, you know, they had, hey, God opens doors, you yeah. know, to, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah this uh, vacation Bible school, we were going to church in a different church here in Marysville. But I want you to think of the odds of this. This couple came down from Mount Gilead, Ohio. And, and, uh, performed a, the VBS and just from that lady looking at her recognized something and here her mother was in an assisted living facility in Mount Gilead and was going to there they had gone to the facility and and was taking her to church and that just blew me away I mean what were the odds of that that was truly God's hand you had lost touch for a while yes, with, with your for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great I wanted to add a couple things um, when my sister died um, she ended up passing away in 2000 um, Martha was with me there and and when my brother died three of my foster parents mm -hmm. was there yeah. at the uh, viewing Martha and a couple other yeah. ones so 
you're always family. You know, you never really yeah. end. You know, it's and I've known a lot of fam their family members, my foster families, and um, kids that think they have it rough living with their mom and dad. You know. Uh, you don't. You know, I mean, I had it rough, but, you know, but um, I'm one of the uh, surviving stories, yeah. Yeah. you know, of yeah. foster. And thriving, not just surviving, yeah. but thriving. And if it yeah. wasn't for God, even at yeah. a young age, I knew, yeah. you know, when he had those college students there, for gloves for me, you know, and um, to this day, my hands, I can't hold anything cold because yeah. it affects right. my hands. Right. Awesome, awesome. So let's kind of wrap up with this. Um, you know, we, we say that, that God's, God has called us as Christ followers to, uh, to care for the least of these. Kind of a, um, a prevalent theme throughout Scripture is uh, caring for orphans, caring for those who can't care for themselves. And so uh, as a church, I guess, um, knowing that not necessarily everyone is called to uh, take orphans into their home, right. um, but we are all called to uh, play a role in orphan care. What, what would you say um, that God has called you to and that maybe God, how the church can, uh, can be involved in orphan care um, through that or the importance of that, why that's important? I mean, with the special needs. Yeah, and, and so yeah, so how that shaped kind of oh, what you did, but then also... I worked it with special needs for over 20 years for Marysville schools. I was in the MH room, the severe. And um, with my brothers being special needs, I think God sort of he led me into that because I wouldn't have traded those years working with them. And, and I've even babysat them in their homes, and they've even come to my house um, when the parents need the break, right, you know. Right. And, um, you know, we all have a God... Has a we have a gift that God gives all of us. You know, we were foster parents for a little bit, but we had little ones at the time like you, and they kept giving us teenagers, and it just it didn't work out. And yeah. um, even though I was a foster child, the the other where God loved me out with working with special needs. Yeah. But yeah. anybody that takes in special needs, I mean. Your blessing, <laughs> sure. yeah. I mean, take some foster kids. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think I think your your story kind of paints the, the picture of even though not everyone's called to take in uh, take in orphans, um, you, in your homes you were in churches, and so yes. I think just the uh, the idea that while you were in the in the church, the church came around and. Yes. Also participated in that right. kind of orphan care, and so it kind of that. So I loved all the that, churches I went to, yeah. and I was in Bible schools, sure. and yeah, you know, it was great. So good, good, good. Well, um, I want to kind of wrap up with just a few thoughts and some scripture, but I want to give any anything else that any of you want to uh, to share before we before we wrap that up. All all hearts clear. I just want to say that, um, you know, we often in our lives say, lucky, lucky, no, blessed. Mm. I, I never feel like I'm lucky. Lucky's Vegas, you know. <laughs> 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 but I've been blessed. 
so blessed with having Pam. Uh, I was praying for a sister for Kay, and here comes this girl here. My, I had, I was at the store working when she came. They brought her to our home, and my two sons, they called and said, Mom, this new girl, she's, the whole back room is full of boxes. <laughs> but you know, those were things that Pam, those were material things that she, she hung on to those. But when she left, she didn't have, she didn't need to hang on to those material things. She had us. She had love. That's good. That's good. And her wonderful family yeah. has surely been a blessing. That's good. Nothing to do with luck. Mm. And you know, in Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, I want you to call upon me. Well, I called upon him, and I know Pam was praying the same time, and he, he guided us down that road. Mm. You know, we have choices in life. We can be better or bitter. Mm. So choose better. Mm. That's good. Because that is where our Heavenly Father is, is better. Mm. And That's He good. surely brought us together. It wasn't sure. luck. Yeah. had nothing to do with it. His amazing grace. Yeah. And I love her. Like, I mean, I know she's not my biological daughter. And I've always said, you know, she didn't grow in my womb. She grew in my heart. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Good. Great. Good. 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 <laughs> That's great. I wanted to, we told you about my younger brothers. One passed away and my older sister passed away. My oldest brother um, ended up in prison. <laughs> so it just, uh, um, it just sort of what my mom did in my, in the life we lived when we was younger, it, like it tore the rest of them apart, but even at a young age, you know, I mean, we tried to be a family, you know, when I, after I got married, especially like Jim was saying, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said earlier, I talk hours and hours with her younger brothers. They, they would call constantly and sometimes multiple times a day, but, uh, you know, we were always there. And like Pam pointed out, this, this impacted them terribly. And they, they never uh, went, lived past it. I mean, it's something they always brought up and it affected them. And, you know, I'm, I'm hope I'm not introducing some new theology here. If, if I am, stop me. But uh, something I would tell both of them, and I told them this multiple times, you know, the past is like a, is like a, uh, is like a statue. You can't change that. But the future is like soft clay. And the Lord can form that into something beautiful for you. And I told them that constantly. And, you know, and then they would kind of brighten up. And, and so it was always, it was a case of, you know, always trying to be an encouragement, always trying to, to keep them on the right path. And it's still with her younger brother. It's, it's still that way today. But, uh, you know, I, I just see a lot of things. There's a lot of things we haven't talked about today. But uh, I really see the Lord's hand on this whole situation. And there's been a lot of people. Uh, her younger brother's had other foster care and a whole lifetime of this kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, God, God is at work in ways we can't see. 
Amen. That's good. Hey, would you give these guys, especially Pam, a round of applause and thank her for um, it's. Uh, I know, I know that it's not easy, and it wasn't easy for her to, to do this in, in, just in our kind of gathering together, um, just kind of rethinking some of those memories and, and uh, thinking those stories. That's a, that's a big deal. And we, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. If anybody's considering foster care, um, go for it, mm. because you help, yeah. you know, um, more than I can say. Yeah. I mean, every child needs a loving home, food. Um, Comfort. Yeah, I mean, the whole nine yards. And like I said, if I, and they need a wonderful church, mm. these, these kids right. do. And this is a great church, mm. you know. It's, yeah. So I was blessed with all wonderful homes and great churches. Yeah. So, good, good. You know. Absolutely. Let me, uh, let me, let me close with, with this scripture from Isaiah. It's Isaiah uh, chapter one, starting in, in verse 14. Uh, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking. He says, you're um, speaking the word of God. He says, your new moon festivals and your appointed feast, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by, by the sword from the mouth. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Again, the call of God is clear that we care for the least of these. And so um, hopefully uh, through Pam's story, just kind of caught a glimpse of the importance that we have uh, as a church, um, but that we have as individual Christ followers as well. Uh, a couple things that I want to just kind of close with, some maybe calls to action, if you will. Uh, our church has participated in the past in Angel Tree, and we're once again participating in Angel Tree. And this is a program where we buy Christmas gifts for uh, kids Whose, uh, whose parents are incarcerated, uh, certainly a form of orphan care. And so would challenge you to be involved in that. Uh, Bev Henry is, is leading that this year, and so you can see her uh, on how you might be involved in that. Uh, other things, man, if you are feeling called to foster care, do it. It's hard. It's, it's difficult. But, man, is it, it's, it's rewarding. And so um, I, I'm just throwing this out there. Um, and I know and I hear it over and over, but counties and custodial agencies are desperate for families who will take in teenagers. Um, they, they are desperate for homes willing to take teenagers. Um, a lot of teenagers end up going to group homes because there's just not foster homes that will take teenagers. So maybe that's you. Maybe that's, uh, you're in a life stage where you could, could do that. But then finally, I, I would encourage you to pray. Uh, pray for kids who are in care. Pray for the families uh, who are doing the caring. Pray for biological parents who are in the midst of chaos. Um, pray for them. But I, I, as I was thinking through Pam's story and kind of the threads that were, that were weaved through her, her story, um, I guess my final challenge would be that you would pray. Would you, uh, would you commit to praying that kids in foster care would experience God's love 
in such a way that they can look back 40 years, 50 years from now, and they can tell stories and say, surely God's hand was on my life from the beginning. And surely God is a God who brings redemption from even the most difficult stories. Would you as a church commit to praying for those kids uh, who are in care? Um, With that said, Pastor Bob, would you mind coming and closing us uh, in prayer?